Hi, welcome to What You're Reading, Dude. It's Lisa, Jamie, Lauren. This is our time to catch up and share what we've been reading and inspired by, hoping to stir some deeper conversations. No one person has time to read every book or listen to everything, but we figured this is a good time to trade ideas, expand our horizons, and maybe inspire you as well. Just a reminder, this is for us, this is for fun, and we are not experts. Let's get into it. to intro Seattle does like Seattle Public Library it's not sponsored um <laughs> hey guys very much not a not they do a super fun adult book bingo every summer that starts Memorial Day weekend and obviously this is coming out way after Memorial Day weekend we don't know but, but <laughs> we thought it would be fun to pull up the bingo this year and we'll post it on our socials too and each like randomly generate a square so uh we each get a square and each square is like a random category if Um, you're curious we will have the link to the bingo card in the show notes so you can also do this if you want to yeah (laughs) and the categories are fun and kind of it's fun to find a book that that meets the requirements yes so some examples are like black joy beach Mm -hmm. read made you laugh Olympics host city. I like Ooh, that one. Yeah, oh, this one I hadn't heard of before. Quifi or environmental nonfiction. So Quifi, I think, I is climate up. change climate fiction. fiction. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. a new one for me. Maybe it's been and out then, there. And <laughs> then, so we'll each get a square today. And then, I don't know, what do you think? In four weeks? Yeah. Three, four yeah. weeks? Yeah. Yeah. We'll come back and talk about what we chose for our square and what we thought about it okay so jamie's got her random square generator okay miss lisa we'll be going first Mm -hmm. let me know when you're ready Uh, okay okay (gasps) deep breath yeah go you got b2 B2. activism or social justice no no that's that's b1 (laughs) b2 make Made you made laugh. You laugh. Made you laugh. I got this. Okay. We're fine. Look at that. We are made fine. you laugh. No pressure. Would have been if you don't laugh, you, you have to find I mean, a different book. That is kind of a lot of pressure to go into hoping that you're going to laugh. Hoping it's <laughs> funny. <laughs> Heard this is funny. This will but... be the one I flop the most. <laughs> be like, and then. No yeah. pressure. I will okay. say I checked out the humor section in uh, this local book uh, store in town the other weekend. I feel like it was kind of small, so I'm like. Okay. <laughs> am, I up? am I up now? Ready? C1. Small press. Small press. Oh, what interesting. Does, what does that mean? That means Wait, like what? independent books almost? What does small press mean? I'll, I'll Google. <laughs> I should know. Oh, like a small, small like, like a small local? publishing company? Small press? Yeah. Like maybe it. like a Seattle? Yeah local they so published it themselves like, <laughs> <laughs> he just googled oh, yeah, small press press and here we have perfect yes small button <laughs> read we that for a month lauren and... has to make buttons and then read them okay to this will be interesting maybe i'll have to interview someone at with third annual sales below a certain level or a certain number of titles published hmm. okay cool 
I'll have to maybe chat with someone at the bookstore. I wrote a poetry book. I can. (laughs) Okay, Jamie's turn. No pressure. Best for last. Well, we're all in the same category, basically. B1. (gasps) On your shelf. I have about 87 books on my shelf Hello. that I haven't read. So Wait, I can was do this it. even fair? We all got such low numbers. We Wait. can do two. Should we do a second round just to see? Yeah. I don't know. Wait, okay. No, that's. I mean, if I press either. again, this second round is for starting with you, Lisa. Do you want me to press again? I mean, sure. Press maybe, again. yeah. Maybe we, we get we two categories two. and we can pick. I'm into that. Okay. okay. Oh, I don't want to pick. I want to be forced to do it. But okay. It doesn't matter. We can force which one you do. <laughs> and then you got, like, you know, you guys can pick which one do I both do. In a month? Okay, wait. Yeah. I didn't even write it down. You're going to do both in well, a month? Mine was pretty easy. It was on my shelf. I'm already have a million no. on my shelf. Okay. That's true. Lisa's second option is B4. Asian American or Pacific <gasps> Native. I no, Pacific Islander. Author. I think I just bought a A-A-P-I. book. A-A-P-I. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Lauren's second round. <laughs> I still think we should try to do both. E1? E1, Black Joy. <gasps> Ooh. Okay, fine. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll find a book that's both. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Oh, that's actually a really fun idea. A2, activism, social justice. Oh, Pretty yeah. sure I have a social justice on my shelf. There you so go. We should try to combine them. That would be fun. So you have to find a humor book written by AAPI. Have fun. Or come with two books. Or, or pick one. Find okay. one and Listen. then just start laughing out loud and claim it's humor. It's so funny <laughs> like, when she cried so in the funny. store. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Listen, okay. There aren't a lot of rules here. No, we have no rules. No rules. I'd say I'd say we have a rule of reading books, but that's not even a rule. (laughs) (laughs) Real casual here. (laughs) Okay. What have your eyes raised? One of the categories, if you can try to cover it, we'll come back. Like the idea of trying to hit both. Yeah. Super fun. Okay. Well, we'll come back to that in a. And if you want to play along with us, you can Google random number generator and figure out a tile, and then. Contact us. Let us know what yeah. you're reading. We want to know. We are always yes, looking for recommendations. Category. <laughs> I'm still kind of sad I didn't get Olympics host city, but whatever. Well, you can find. You can read that. One. We also have till Labor Day, so we could do it again. <gasps> oh, oh yeah, we can do. Yeah, we, well, we can do, do it till the rest of the year. There are no rules. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we can only read. They're gonna shut down this media for the rest no of our lives. I'll print it. It'll be fine. Onto the normal thing. Onto what we're talking about. But also a little not normal because today we thought it would be fun to talk about books we have not finished for various reasons (laughs) and I don't know that we really thought of a format so we're just gonna go for it books (laughs) yeah well I think our point in doing this is that it may seem like we're all reading a lot and there are many books (laughs) that all of us have started and have not finished for whatever reason and it's fine yeah it's fine to start a book and decide you don't like it yeah. or you want to come back Perfectly to it later. Fine. You did not fail. The book did not fail you. It's just not the right time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I think we each brought a couple examples of this. Yeah. So this one, this one I brought today. Well, first of all, I came, I came with books that I haven't finished just by looking at my bookshelf and grabbing a couple that I was like, huh, yeah, never, I never finished that one. 
That one still has a bookmark in it. Okay, cool. (laughs) This one cracked me up because my thesis in grad school was primarily (laughs) based on this book, Walden, by uh, Henry David Thoreau. And I... I don't even know if I cracked it open. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take her degree. (laughs) She earned it. I read read many quotes by him. Some are in this book and some aren't. I know a lot about his life, studied his cabin. Mm -hmm. I own Walden. I haven't read it. (laughs) Follow up. Do you have plans to ever read it? No. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. It lives in the archive. It's like a good one to just have on the bookshelf. You know, it looks nice. I have also never read it. I've heard good things. I feel like we know what it's about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He lived in a cabin by himself for like a year. Mm. um, Can't relate. Don't know what that's like. Yeah. (laughs) God. Must have been so lonely. It it cracks me up that my thesis thesis was like inspired and based on this book that I have not read. Oh man, I That's pretty yeah that's pretty impressive. There's actually a book that ended up being really closely related to my thesis that I didn't find until I think like a couple weeks before I submitted mine. Mm-hmm. And at that point I was just in like get this document done, write everything <laughs> oh, you can as God. fast yeah. as you can. And so I didn't even really have time to dive into it. I was just skimming chapters trying to find oh i majorly did that with my thesis and it all resonated and that was like great this is really valid but how did i not find this like Mm -hmm. six months Mm -hmm. earlier yeah i bought probably 10 books on amazon for my thesis Mm. and didn't read any (laughs) i mean i read Uh, books for my thesis obviously i wouldn't have been been able to write anything (laughs) anything. (laughs) i read nothing but i i think right after I finished my thesis. I looked at my bookshelf and I was like, man, I got a lot of books here for my thesis that I never read. Mm -hmm. And I did end up reading a couple of them. And for your theses, was it mostly books or articles and like journals? I guess I didn't realize like there was literally only one book I could read for my thesis. And then it was all obviously biology. I think I was just like really searching for the answer to life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like buying every book I could get my hands on. I loved the library mm-hmm. at our architecture school because it's the architecture section in a lot of bookstores can be very limited to just uh, coffee Pictures. table books and yeah. those are great 100 percent. you know when you're trying to dive into something with some dense text it was just like this magical place where you could just go down and every aisle was about a topic you wanted to read about mm-hmm. so the books were really, really enticing. And I love that you can just check them out and not pay any money. So yeah, a lot nice. of books. I should have been doing more of that. And I, okay, <laughs> this is a hot take that definitely varies from professional to professional. But I think in architecture school, too, at least the one that we're in, like, you definitely have contemporary thought as well. But there's a lot of respect to historical ways of thinking <laughs> and different styles of architecture. And a lot of just, like, it doesn't have to be only contemporary work and so a lot of that is archived and remembered in those books so Mm. versus like if we were doing something that was really like current research it might have been more article based I don't I don't know like I don't want to let that be mine like yeah 
Mine were not really architecture books at all. Ooh. <laughs> okay. I didn't read much for my thesis, mm. and I didn't read architecture books, so I don't know how I have a degree. Whatever. It worked. <laughs> Actually, no, I'm kidding. They were more about, like, human behavior. I like that, though, because I think when in architecture we're just reading about architecture, you're missing the point of what, of why. Like, yeah. humanity. <laughs> and who this is going to, and, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. We can move on Let's that way. Let's do it. Okay. Well, one, I don't know if we want to hot potato this, but one, <laughs> like, on the, <laughs> in, you know, in the, like, I think this book came to me when I was in thesis as well, but the book Sapiens, mm-hmm. I have not finished that, and I got to be honest, I have no clue why. Like, I, th- I think it's very interesting. I, I want to heard finish of this it. book. Can you oh, tell me? Really? Even, sorry, Isn't I don't have it. Okay. I might have heard about it and just oh. completely forgot. It's one that Highly so recommend. many people have recommended mm-hmm. to me and for whatever reason have felt no desire to pick it up. I think it's Is just it, going to... Um, like I think it's nonfiction yeah. about yeah. humans. Yeah. Uh, Yuval Harari. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of those that's just going to be like the right place, the right time. It's going to fall into my Definitely. hands. There's a new illustrated version or oh. a children's version or something. Yeah. And I was like, maybe that's more my speed. <laughs> and for anyone who doesn't know, like, so Sapiens is like, I'm just reading off a yeah. wiki here, but it's it's a brief history of humankind. So it goes all the way back to like Neanderthals and like even the theory um, of like wow. did we all come from the same area or are humans actually from three different regions of the world I really didn't get far in this book but I have every intention of picking it back up because it was so fascinating and really kind of threw me for a loop in a good way I think mm. one thing we'll see as a common thread in most of the books that I've stopped reading is that it's either been like too real and I need to step back or it's really shaking my understanding of the world, which I guess is related, but in a way where I'm just reflecting and I need to very slowly take in that info. Sure. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But so I it's like anthropology. Recommend. See, I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm going to read that. That's okay. <laughs> just because I took so many anthropology and like evolutionary biology courses in college it's like i feel like i already it's just like going back to class and that's like and that is why i will start and not finish that book (laughs) yeah and that's totally fine and also like we don't feel like we have to read all the books that Mm -mm. people recommend yeah but there are also a couple others that harari has written and one i think is like future focus mm. on mm. I believe it's things that humans need to be looking out like I don't know if it's flaws of ours or just in this century what we need to be watching to help make sure that we are actually staying around and we're not just throwing yeah. ourselves into extinction okay um, that's pretty cool he's yeah. a really interesting guy he's been on armchair expert a couple times I probably just haven't gotten there because I'm like seven years behind Okay, the other books are 21 Lessons for the 21st Century and Homo Deus, mm-hmm. which is oh, a brief heard history of, of tomorrow. Deus. Yeah, so okay. those, I think you cannot go wrong. It's a good point. Like, it's it's not the densest book from the sense that, I don't feel like I'm reading a straight-up textbook, but oh, it's not, it, it does have density to it. I'll put <laughs> it that way. It's not an yeah. evening easy read. It is yeah. not a beach read. Yeah. <laughs> Not a beach read. You know, we like to kind of cycle, have like a fiction, a nonfiction, get it. So if you're in a mood to just kind of dive into something that's relevant, but is not like a breaking headline on your phone, it could be a good option. But, you know, 
currently unfinished. So. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back or we'll not come we, back. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to yeah. Okay, yeah. I've got, yeah, I've got two categories of books. One's that I haven't finished that, that I'm I not want. coming back to yeah. and ones that I haven't finished that, I mean, I'm keeping that bookmark in there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Just kind of like hanging out I whenever you want. I will by. say I tend to keep unfinished books by my bed, like under my nightstand mm-hmm. that I haven't finished. And I really am either trying to finish it or want to come back to it or feeling shame about not mm-hmm. finishing it. If it's still by my nightstand and you know it's over when I'm like, it's going on the it's bookshelf. No longer <laughs> it's going on the bookshelf and yeah. I'm just, I got to admit that I'm yeah. not into this book. It's like a progression of you're really hopeful at first. It's like next on your bed stand or for me it's just like on the bed literally and the further away it gets from my bed the more I'm like let's be real it's not or further kicked yeah. under the bed yes <laughs> but there is that kind of shame the more you're like I can't I can't look at this book right now like mm-hmm. I, it's been months and I haven't read it you know yeah I, I had to confront probably five books like that one when I was moving and I was like they just in the new place they're going on the bookshelf yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, I have a book I have a like little box of books that have been demoted from the bookshelf Ooh. and are now going to Goodwill. Ooh, yeah, I had a couple of those. Poor guys. Mm. They don't deserve even deserve it, space. <laughs> they do. All right. Someone <laughs> else someone else may uh, enjoy those yeah. more. May you enjoy your next, I don't know, owner. Right. <laughs> so my next one, first one that I've not finished, is Surpassing Certainty, What My 20s Taught Me by Janet Ooh. Mock. Okay. I don't know if you guys know who Janet Mock is, but no. she's like a very successful and powerful woman in like publishing she's a big writer obviously she wrote this book and she's a trans woman and a trans activist trans activist and we've talked about it before like I'm very much into books about how your 20s suck and Mm -hmm. you're just supposed to learn from them and then everything will be great from then on of course so that's kind of what I based on the title alone was expecting and just Mm -hmm. um, watching and and reading some of Janet Mock's other work. But I started it, and I'm like, I probably started it two or three months ago. I'm probably not even three chapters Mm. in, because I very much did not pay attention to read the actual synopsis of the book. I was just (laughs) like, cool, Janet Mock, what my 20s taught me. It's perfect. And it is so far well-written. I will finish it at some point in time. I'm not giving up on it. It's just very much her biography, basically. Okay. Mm. So it's very much about growing up as a trans woman in, like, Hawaii and the relationships she was in and what she learned from the the Mm -hmm. poor relationships she was in. And I'm into it. And I did... I did like half audiobook, half real book, but I had to stop doing the real book because I read before bed and I would get like two pages in and just be sleepy. Sleepy, sleepy. Mm. And the audiobook is fine. I it's not like a very exciting audiobook, but I was more expecting this. There are, these are specific lessons, lessons learned. I learned, not like yeah. this is my biography. I think and it's obviously, I don't relate too much to her because she's been through so much and she is such a fantastic person yeah. and i'm sure other people very much relate to her struggles i just don't well it's much. different so it's kind of taken yeah. a back burner it's different than what you expected which is like a whole other category yeah. of book yeah. is that there's nothing wrong with the book it's great but it's yeah. just not what you were going right. in she's for her, like love it yeah we'll eventually sit down and like listen to it yeah. when i'm working or something but it's just fallen off. Yeah. I feel that way Meh. with a number of 
memoirs, which it, it's rough because I, I want that advice. I want the life story. Like, I, I feel like I've fallen into a similar position as you're describing. And it's, it's not that I, like, I have all the respect and appreciation for that memoir. But for some reason, it's like, I, it's like too specific sometimes for me to, yeah. you know, which I don't know. I think I need to take a memoir sometime and try to maybe push past that a little bit because there's yeah. still obviously well some oh, there's still major lessons yeah. sometimes yeah I mean sometimes you're going into a memoir to like learn about someone's life that's not like yours mm-hmm. which can be really interesting and sometimes you're going into a memoir to learn lessons for your own life right which, <laughs> I mean there's just two different ways to go into it and so if it's true. not right and I think I just need to push past I'm sure there are lessons that have been learned. I just haven't even got to that that point yet because she's still 20 in Honolulu. And it's different than what you're expecting. So it's like, (laughs) that's all fine. And like, I'm very excited for it. It's just not, no longer on the top of my list. It's now. It's fallen below. Fallen, Mm -hmm. but it's still there. It hasn't moved to the bookshelf. No, yet. it is not on the bookshelf. <laughs> or the Goodwill box. The no. Goodwill, yeah, that's like the next yeah. step. I like bringing ones that I don't like to the little free libraries, which I know other people <gasps> yes! do those too because yeah. there are never good books in there. Oh, my God. Backstory <laughs> for anyone who may not know about these. So I'm, I'm sure this is in other cities, but in Seattle, there are these little free libraries, which are basically like – it's like a mailbox. Yeah. Mm. With Sometimes they have glass fronts. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a grab bag. But they're all over town in different neighborhoods. And people will just go basically leave a book and or take a book. Mm. And it's just meant to be kind of an impromptu library. And, yeah, mm. it's always like you go up to it with a lot of hope and I you check it out. looking <laughs> in like, When I go on walks, I have to look, on, look in every single one. Same. And there are a lot in Seattle. They're mm-hmm. like every other block. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're not often good. <laughs> it's rare finds, but But I yeah. would like you know, I have a hard time getting rid of books once they've entered my home. And I want to work myself up to finishing a book and being like, Okay, go live another life now, you know, don't just collect dust on the shelf. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's a yeah, that's interesting. I, have- I tend to get rid of ones that I read and I was like gonna read that again Mm. and i don't really care to like see it on my shelf (laughs) we're done here i will keep those until i run out of room on my bookshelf yeah and then i'll go through Mm. and get rid of them same same. but now that i just moved i have two bookshelves now so now (laughs) it's like so much freedom i'm like one bookshelf is gonna be like the a club of books Mm -hmm. and it's like all the ones i loved such i'm really excited to read and the other ones it's just gonna be like all the other Space boring fillers. books that I'm <laughs> yeah. just too attached to get, to get rid of. I'm oh, girl, very they're coming. <laughs> more are coming. <laughs> more are coming. <laughs> it's like a whole new just life. Love a second bookshelf. Yes. Books. Oh. Uh, oh, so, so fun. excited. Well, then you get to add the selective candle or like right. Yeah, you're like, like my little Nick trinkets. I guess I can go again. Yeah. Like, where are we? <laughs> I know. My next one is the life-changing magic of tidying up, which mm. I know super big fad right now. It's got a Netflix special, blah, blah, blah. This book came into my life many years, like five, mm-hmm. six years ago, like a long before people really knew about it, I guess. I don't know. I read the first couple <laughs> chapters and I was like, I think I got the idea. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I mean, this does happen to me frequently where I like start a book and I'm like, I mean, I feel like this book could have been a chapter. I'm going to move on. (laughs) I feel it. So I have read and finished this book and I almost stopped I think in the like the preface or the pre whatever like pre chapter one, because you know I I feel like I need to know the tone of the author and mm. Marie Kondo's tone is like this book will help you do this this will like so self assured and for some reason when I was reading it it was like you don't know my life like you know this <laughs> you is gonna help like me? excuse me <laughs> but then I I don't know if I like looked her up or just like. I was like, okay, let's give chapter one a chance and ended up, it really, it was really helpful for me, but I think there were things that I needed to learn that I think you already have in the bag. Well, and I think that's like, people have like written the like six bullet point point of the book like all of synopsis of the book it's like all over the internet and I was like okay like know how to fold my clothes in the drawer and I game changer (laughs) I haven't even read that book but I did watch the Netflix show loved the Netflix show Mm. I feel like you don't even need I never watched the Netflix show Netflix will just tell you what to do I was the we watched Hoarders growing up, and we yes. loved Hoarders. I loved if you hoarders. loved Hoarders, I think you'll love I this show. I couldn't, I couldn't love watch it. Well, it's not necessarily Hoarders. There are yeah, not yeah. dead animals anywhere. Oh, yeah, no, but, like, no. yeah. it is, like, I just love shows that people's lives are a mess, and they come and go. Oh, yeah. Everything. It just felt a little too close to home. I am well, yes. not a minimalist. So <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> seeing that, I was like, oh, God. I'm like, just don't even let that into your I brain. I don't know how people <laughs> do it. Good on them. Well, I think that was something, I think it might have actually come up in Kondo's book, or maybe, I don't know. Okay, cite me and we'll figure this out. <laughs> but um, there is this tendency sometimes with, let's say you you feel like you need more uh, cling wrap or like saran wrap and you mm-hmm. keep buying more. And sometimes it's like the more you have, the more you think you need to have. Sometimes in like a survival mode, holla at the TP shortage of right. 2020, <laughs> you know. Gross. You know, I think sometimes like that can be a way like there actually there there's a bunch of TED talks even on like hoarding. And I I think there's a lot of emotions behind it and a lot of I don't know. There's a lot of reasons. I I think about, too, with my own family and our own lack of minimalist tendencies. (laughs) And I think like I have family that came up from really modest upbringing. And so, you know, there are people who are more comfortable now but that history hasn't left yeah and so I mean I see that with my grandparents like when my grandpa passed away and we were cleaning out his house he like had so many duplicates of things and it's that idea of like well this water heater could go at any moment Mm -hmm. so we need to have a backup in the garage (laughs) it's like but do you right (laughs) They will have water heaters. Yeah. But going through the pandemic was a reminder Mm -hmm. of that. Like, well, we don't know if these things will be available, but that's like what causes (laughs) the shortages that people go out and buy all the things. It has been so crazy, though, watching all the supply chain issues and shortages Mm -hmm. that have just kind of it's been so prolonged you know they're just like different things and it's nowhere close to being yeah and so some of that it's weird there are times where it's like well maybe it would have been good to save an extra pair of shoes just in case you know but at the same time like this is such an unprecedented situation yeah Um, I mean it's not that I mean my I definitely have hoarding tendencies I just have other 
impulses that are like kind of always struggling mm. against that and in my need for like not having clut like I'm telling yeah. myself like Lauren you need to go get toilet paper because it's all gonna be gone and then <laughs> yeah. I'm like well I don't really have a place to put all that toilet paper yeah. so I guess well, we'll bye just bye. <laughs> figure it out when mm-hmm. we run out yeah <laughs> all that to say interesting <laughs> would you so it sounds like that would I'm be never gonna read that <laughs> <laughs> we're done here all right <laughs> But for anyone, I feel like I need to. Yeah. For anyone who is looking for inspiration, I found it helpful, but it really is personal preference. Like, I have, I actually have bought other, like, minimal, there's Minimalist Home I'm looking at, different, like, organizing books. I do need a lot of help with that because it doesn't come naturally. But the books are hard. I think it's just, like, the method of learning for me is really hard. That's, like, if I want, am learning about being a minimalist, reading a book about it, it's not the best way for me to learn. Yeah. I hear yeah. you. So she needs to come here? Is this what yeah. I'm hearing? Yes. Yeah. And teach me her ways. Please, Marie. Marie. <laughs> I really you. want to be a minimalist, and I fin- finally accepted the fact that it's just not going to happen for me. <laughs> I like my things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel it. Well, I do like to... Just not so many things, maybe. <laughs> I know, but... I do like two people trying to set the record straight on what minimalism is mm-hmm. and clarifying that it, it doesn't mean you need to be like, I have one sheet and I sleep on the floor and I have one <laughs> cup, you know, like, yeah, it really is about just like keeping what brings your life meaning and fulfillment and helps, you yeah. know, which yeah, I appreciate. One thing that was really clarifying for me, which this is totally a tangent, but there are like different ways that people are cluttered they Mm. called it clutter bug strategies and i am like the type that wants the things that i use all the time to be out and easy to get to and there are other people who like want everything in a drawer out of sight and i want to be that way but it just doesn't happen that way Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh man yeah because i think there's a test online i think we took it and i think i was like the b or whatever that was but it, it was i think it was one of those where you want everything in a bin and out of sight. But when I don't have a system for things, it just becomes piles. And yes. that's 100% piles, yes. what my life is. I you am know? piles. Yeah. <laughs> and like even just learning to like, and, and to think about just categorizing like, okay, all the tech and chargers go into this bin. I know that sounds really trivial, but like holding myself I to need that. that. Yeah. yeah I need, changing. and people make fun of all my baskets and bins, but I need them in order to know my keys go here when I come in the door. Otherwise I'm going to throw them yeah. and on the ground them. and never know where they yeah. went. <sighs> yeah. Systems. <laughs> I love systems. systems, but I'm always trying to learn about other people's systems so I can figure out how to best implement yeah. a system for find me. what works for you. Mm-hmm. No life-changing magic for me. <laughs> See ya. I do. No, I really do like her methodology for things, but I, I think I just learned it in other ways. Yeah. I think the idea of, like, thinking things and oh. letting them go peacefully. I, yeah, well, I think that's a I cute love idea. That. that was huge because I have a really hard time getting rid of stuff. Like, it's so many sentimental things yeah. that I have from over the years. And just having that thought mm-hmm. of, like, whatever the story is behind this item. Let's say you went and bought this dress loved it 
and you felt great when you got it and then you never wore it like her just laying out that was it like that's you know like that's okay if that's all it was like if that was that dress's role in your life and just being able to be like thank you and on to the next chapter I was just at my parents house cleaning out my childhood bedroom because they're moving soon and was going through my child like childhood things in my closet and got rid of so many things but I was having to like utilize that methodology my mom would come in she'd be like oh this bag or this purse or this is so cute and I'm like I know someone else is gonna love it more than I am currently stuffed in my childhood closet that no one's seen in 10 years yeah Yeah, like I need to tell myself that someone else is going to enjoy this yeah and just because it can't be in your life anymore doesn't mean it's like dead and broken totally (laughs) i think the idea of donating like uh, i'm talking about clothes but this can work uh, well anything yeah just even the idea that it's go it's not just going to be in a landfill necessarily Mm -hmm. i think can really help with okay off you go i'm not just like banishing you you know anyway (laughs) do you want to talk about the book we have in common so let's do it both jamie and i have started but have not finished you are a badass <laughs> by Jen Sincero. I think maybe I've read this one. I think does you it have did. a yellow title? Yeah, okay, does. I did Big read this cover. one. Did you finish? I did finish it. It was it was many years ago, and I don't really remember. I remember it being like you know whatever's inspiring. But as soon as I closed the door on that one, it was like all the information out the flew out yeah. the brain. <laughs> feel that because part of me is like what did I even read (laughs) yeah for me this was a bus book um yeah pandemic it was a bus book for me too and for anyone who doesn't know on the title page it says you are a badass how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life and I'm like okay yes please I would like that and I think I think there are lessons within this book that were helpful but it was really frustrating me to hear them. And I think I was struggling with a couple things. And one was struggling with the privilege that I felt like was needed to accomplish yes. the advice that was being given. But then at the same time, I had my own internal conflict of that might be true, but this might still be helpful. Because one premise in the book is like, it is all about the energy that you're giving out in your perspective. And I don't know if I'm just in a bitter spot where I'm like, man, like, that's not everything, you know, because that can make a huge difference in how things go it can, in your life. But it's hard to hear that as advice from someone else when it's like, but this is really hard. Yeah. And, changing- and I feel like a lot of that's kind of some some of the problems I have with the book as well is a lot of her advice is just like have better energy put it into the universe mm-hmm. and it will happen and it's like but that's not like doesn't always super realistic yeah. <laughs> and like how many I, that just feels so tone deaf for so many people yeah and so i i think i just reached the point where i'm like nah like time time for something else yeah recognizing yeah. that when you're this is hard for me because I just so desperately want to finish a, like a book that I've started and I'm like, just push through. But like recognizing this is just not, it's making, it's putting me in a worse mood after really I read it did. and it's just time to like let it go. Yeah. I think part of the problem, I did start this pre pandemic, but I started this like January, February, mm-hmm. 2020 okay. and then, you know, put it away, came back to it during the pandemic put it away never picked it up again 
So that was part of the problem mm-hmm. was like, okay, you're telling me all these things I need to do to change my life, but like can't even leave my house right now. So like fuck yeah. off politely. Yeah. Fuck off. And it's but, no disrespect to the author. Yeah. You reading that during the pandemic, it's like right. okay. there's like, a pandemic you know, lens to like, everything. And but also I feel like this is another one where personally i need to watch something or listening maybe if i listened to the audiobook it would be better but i had a lot of issues with her tone just reading the book a lot of and i could have just been again projecting but Mm -hmm. yeah the tone of the book was very like you need to do this and you need to do this now and if you aren't doing it then you deserve to fail Mm. and that's kind of the tone that I got from it that could very much not be what other people got I mean that like the crazy thing about books is like that could be exactly what someone needs to hear and that's great for them but like there are millions of books out there and that just like wasn't hitting the spot for you so you can move on just wasn't what I needed to hear at that moment yeah that makes me think of the whole tough love dynamic where I it's growing up I've really appreciated that and thought that was a great way to like push myself outside of my comfort Mm -hmm. zone and grow and blah 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 but I think there were inherently there was damage that was done with that as well you know of just like dismissing what you're feeling disregard whatever it is, and just go do this thing. This is tangential to the book, but I think as an adult, I'm kind of, I don't know, taking a microscope to that, looking at it, and thinking, is this still a good way for me to encourage myself to do something else? That's a great point. I think it would have been very helpful for someone who was not me. Because a lot of her message, too, is like, get off your ass and just go do it. Mm. I'm like, that's great. And we all are, like, super hard workers. Someone telling me to get off my ass and just go do this thing just kind of makes me mad. (laughs) So maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe it'll really help you. I feel that. Sometimes that internal, like, frustration and almost argument I have with myself when I read something is sometimes it's a good thing. It's like, okay, your world is being redefined right now in a way that is going to be ultimately healthy, but it just feels really frustrating right now because that's not what you thought reality was or, you know? And so sometimes that frustration, I'm like, how dare they? And then I come back, I'm like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Right. But this, I feel really validated with what you're saying because that was time and time again what I was experiencing yeah. and just figured it was me misperceiving her tone yeah. and me just putting and it in something could be, else. But like Maybe, I'm also yeah. misperceiving her tone in the same way. Right, so, right. I mean, you know. Either way. You guys just have personalities yeah, that it's like if you meet someone and it's like you're doing a great job but like we don't need to be in each yes. other's lives. <laughs> yes. You're great. I'm great. But let's go Bye. be great separately. Yeah, we're <laughs> do this separately. <laughs> Keep in touch. Maybe don't. I don't know. We tried it. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a twofer, but yeah. you know, there is one that I'll throw out there that I I haven't finished reading but do plan to finish there were similar like frustrations but not not for the same reason so this book was the subtle art of not giving a fuck Mm. and this was recommended to me by a number of co-workers not as like a personal like you need to read this book (laughs) you You care a little too much right now listen (laughs) but it was more that there were a number of people who happened to be to happen to read it and love it and it is an easy read like it's 
pretty funny actually i found myself laughing out loud on the bus which is not always a great look so um i found it really great and i i think i'm about two-thirds of the way through it and it's like the premise is all about like there are only so many things that you can devote your energy to in life Mm. or your fucks you get to choose that's a big like the overarching idea is like you get to choose what you're putting your energy to and not and also it is okay to not care about like to just kind of let some things go but then you know you dive more into the book and it talks about redefining goals and having your goals not be something that is contingent on somebody else Mm. but redefining or maybe it's your values yeah having your values not necessarily have to be like I need to be famous and be recognized by a person that I literally have no control over like this board and if they'll ever see me as valid versus like I want to be generous Mm. I want to be ambitious or what whatever it is and Mm -hmm. have that be something that is more in your control you get to define what your value is you know yeah and I think the point where I jumped off of the book temporarily is when he was talking about it was kind of a lesson in almost self-therapizing yourself and so he was giving the example of taking a situation that maybe you're not entirely happy about and diving into it why why does this not make you happy and like what what would have to change to make you happy and stuff like that and he brings up an example of I think his relationship with his brother not being great Mm -hmm. and going through that list of well why do you feel like you don't have a strong relationship and it's like well you know we only communicate this often well you know is it okay for a family member to not talk as often as this amount and to still be close you know and to kind of look at it and think about is this okay would you be okay with this you know kind of work yourself through those which as someone who is not in therapy found that very helpful Mm -hmm. in just being able to look at things that you're not completely content with and being getting a lesson in how to kind of zoom out of that Mm. but I think that was a little too real for me in a in a way where I just needed a pause to sit with it and to eventually come back to it and I think I'm at a point where I can jump back into that now but at first I'm like whoa (laughs) you know I was taking my own relationships and my own family and communication and I was like I'm not ready to redefine this I don't know if I'm ready for this you know but it was out of the book hitting a core that obviously needed to be hit rather than like I'm not feeling this book yeah that's a totally different kind of book that you need to step away from that makes me feel happy that you want to return to it because that one's been on my list for a long time so highly recommend i think you've recommended that one to me before and it's on my list as well it i i read it after grad school like so i don't know within a year or so of graduating and there is a time after school where you're trying to adjust to not having that path before you be totally laid out. And I think that was a helpful thing as I try to figure out what do I even want to put my energy toward? There's so many different ways you can go in life and it's really easy to just take up whatever opportunity seems available, whether it's come like being presented to you or not. And it's nice to have that reminder of like, you do not need to dive into that. You can dive into something else, you know? Sounds like a good one to jump into maybe you have a book club about 
Do you have another um, one? Yes, I do. I So this one is also one I am returning to. Mm. This one I've actually really, really enjoyed, but I have been reading it for a year and a half. And I'm maybe 50% of the way <laughs> through. They're but I really, really, really like slow it. Ra- they're those um, slow readers. It's That's a fine. slow reader. It's called Dispatches from Pluto, Lost and Found in the Mississippi Mississippi Delta by Richard Grant. Mm-hmm. And it's about the Mississippi Delta. So it's kind of northwest Mississippi. Okay. And so my brother, I started reading it. My brother did Teach for America in Mississippi mm-hmm. and the, I went and stayed with him summer 2019 I was there for about two months with him and stayed with him and you know Mississippi is not a place that I ever ever considered going to mm-hmm. no if you if I like growing up had to say like one state I would be fine never stepping foot in I probably would say Mississippi I don't yeah I don't think I've been <laughs> I to Mississippi grew up with a very like northerners point of view and hmm. like you everything you hear about Mississippi it's all like the confederacy is still oh, yeah. very much alive and there was a, like a lot of weird north pride that like we were on the right side of the war and that's yes. like oh, still a thing. Yeah. Still okay. very much a thing. That is real. Yeah. It's kind of weird. <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's yeah, real. We're from Indiana. We I, were on the right side of the war. Not to interrupt, but yeah. you know, I have predominantly Southern family. So I only ever like would hear jokes about, oh, cause we're the, the farthest the North. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, my grandma would be like, oh, go up in Yankee country. So <laughs> I wasn't hearing it the other way. Yeah, we're like, well, obviously like, we were right. We're, we're like, we're yeah. the good people <laughs> yeah. up here. Yeah. And it's definitely, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely a thing. Like we very much look down on people from the South. Yes. And, um, it's I don't very think I realized. Yeah. I didn't realize it until recently. It's very real. I, yeah. I realized it really when my brother went to Bama for school. And then I was like, oh my God, why would you ever go to school in Alabama? Oh, what? Yeah. That's still yeah. like bad woods country like uneducated sorry dad they and i was like oh my that's god 18 so... year old me was so rude yeah and no like, it's so interesting awful so like different and... like we all learned u.s history right growing up but our like version of u.s history was so different based on where yeah. we grew up oh yeah oh <laughs> one of my school districts tried to explain that the civil war was not because of slavery like and i remember moving to Maryland and being like, oh, but it was also about state yeah. rights. I was like, no. no. Okay. <laughs> Sit down, little child. We right. all, like, got some teaching to do. Um, it's also crazy yeah. what you just pack onto yourself as a child. And you're like, this is my opinion. And then you're like, oh, this is kind of a racist and, you know, discriminatory yeah. and very ignorant. And you're just like shedding it off slowly ignorant. as an adult as it hits it's you. It's crazy because like I was always like, oh, those people are so ignorant. But then I was like, I'm being the ignorant one, mm. calling them ignorant mm-hmm. because they have oh, my an God. accent. <laughs> it's like what? So the Mississippi Delta is so my statistics are probably not correct. But Mississippi Delta is generally like the yeah. poorest oh. part of America. Yeah. It's extremely poor. The education system is extremely corrupt. Hmm. Racism and segregation are very much still alive. Mm -hmm. It's very... It's a whole different country, basically. Is, so I, yeah. uh, where the crawdads sing, is that there? Or it's somewhere? No, I think that was on the coast somewhere. Oh, okay. Mm. Mississippi Delta is like, so my brother lived in Clarksdale. I'm going to show you them a map. You guys can look this <laughs> up on your own. 
everyone look at spotify it's and like, apple Podcasts. it's like the birthplace of blues music i can't even speak today this area right here super western mississippi along the mississippi river so greenville clarksdale cleveland indianola greenwood yazoo city this is the mississippi delta I and like it's how it's upside down country. for you, it's... but you're tilting it away from Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mississippi Delta. Um, it's got a ton of history. So Northwest. it's like in between the oh, river just and south it's of Memphis. Yeah, just south of Memphis. Okay, I've been to Memphis, which is also a very, is, yes. is very segregated city. So anyway, so I didn't start reading this until after I stayed with him for a couple months in Clarksdale. And I think that's why I really loved it. Because when I went to Clarksdale, I kind of realized I saw a lot of the Delta because I had nothing to do. I was unemployed at the time, so I kind of just wandered around. I kind of realized what an uh, judgmental, ignorant idiot I've been. Mm. (laughs) And, like, how I really gave no chance to this area. I mean, it's a gorgeous area. It has the nicest people, but it really is like nothing else in America. So reading this book has been very, it's fascinating. I highly recommend it to everyone, even if you don't ever want to go to Mississippi either. I think it'll change your mind. This is all about, he's a British writer. He met his girlfriend when he was living in New York City. I don't remember exactly how, but they had a friend from Mississippi that ended up moving to a farm or a big, basically, old plantation in the Delta Mm -hmm. and writing about it. So they were, you know, the Yankees coming up to Mississippi and everyone was super nice to them. Like every single white person in the area who was prominent came and like introduced themselves and like made friends with them. And they were Yankees from New York and they had kind of the same beliefs as me where it's like, okay, the civil war ended 160 years ago, but you know, racism is still very much alive there's still a crazy amount of segregation there and black Mm. people have been raised to like stick to their own because they had to for so long i don't know i'm gonna read it i'm gonna keep reading it mm -hmm. it reminds me of that idea that i mean as like an outsider from the north yeah like it's so easy to judge people in the south yeah. that like you know nothing about and it reminds right. me and of that Brene Brown idea that like it's super easy to hate people you know nothing you about oh, yeah. and it's very much written in that way because he's from England mm-hmm. but he lived when he lived in America for a while he lived in New York so what he heard about the south was New Yorkers point of view right. totally. and to be fair the southerners that he talks to in interviews also have their own ideas of what a person from New York is like so right. like at one point I just read a chapter this week and he had a party so he invited everyone he knew and like I don't know 50 people from around the country a lot of them northerners came to Mississippi and they all said the same thing they all were like I can't believe I'm here I never thought I would ever step foot in Mississippi but it's so much more beautiful than Mm. I expected like everyone is so nice and it's so all the southerners that also came to this party were like oh we always thought New Yorkers were all these people who were like stuck up arrogant assholes Mm -hmm. but like I'm just made a best friend who also really loves fly fishing. They just happen to live across the country. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting how, yeah, we all have ideas about who you are based on where you live or Mm -hmm. where you're from. Yeah. I was thinking about this when I was just driving across the country and how 
like I like to think that America is full of like people that are pretty similar and like there are a lot of people that are similar but mm-hmm. like this country's big and I don't know people's lives in so many of these like what their lives are like day to day in so many of these states it's and so it's so diverse. easy to judge like all those middle states that are typically red leaning it's mm-hmm. like it's really easy to judge mm-hmm. when you're not living there but yeah. driving through it's like I don't know there are people that live here yeah well, especially in the last I don't know five years that we've had like it's it's not like everything came out of nowhere but like it's a really tense time it's it feels slightly less tense than it was a couple months ago, but I think that's just, like, there's less amplification. Like, it's, so it's even easier to throw up that wall, dehumanize those we don't know, and just, like, yeah. dig into the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But I, I, like, I can really resonate with the experience you're describing of finding yourself, whether it's in an area or with a group of people or somewhere where, like, you either like had some unconscious bias that you didn't know about or you just like never thought you'd be there and it's such an eye-opening experience to like I don't know in my life those have all been positive experiences Mm. of like wow I really underestimated this whole demographic or this area and like one example I can speak to is studying abroad in Mexico City like I had traveled abroad a couple times before that and I was really nervous to go because I was just my parents were concerned about my safety you know and were like hey you know this thing happened four hours away from the city like (laughs) you know just giving you data and like you know in that and all the stereotypes that have just been around for so long and you know whenever you go abroad as a woman everyone's like you gotta be extra careful like you're gonna get snatched which is not unwarranted like I don't want to act like that doesn't happen but going there and living in that city taking that 30 to 40 minute walk from where I live to where I studied every day and then having to interact with local shop owners to get stuff for models and not I don't know Spanish like I don't so (laughs) that was a wonderful experience like I I think of all the experiences I had in grad school, I think that probably changed me the most as a person mm-hmm. and really opened my eyes and really dispelled things that I didn't even realize were inside of me. And then, it, so that was one. And another experience was being in an area where I was the minority and, you know, in a country that currently is predominantly white and growing up in an area that was predominantly white, it's it's very eye-opening and I think wonderful to be in an area where you're like, okay, like you, you are not on home turf. You are not like, you are the minority here and now you get to listen up. And that's like, I don't, I don't want any of that to sound really superficial or like, oh my God, everyone should go. Like, (laughs) I don't mean it that way, but more just like those experiences in my life that I can Mm -hmm. come back to have always been really strong growing experiences for me and really eye-opening and I think just I honestly feel like those experiences have really changed me from I I really enjoy traveling but then seeing every like seeing so many people be like travel bloggers and just it it feels like it it kind of disgraces the idea of going to different like being immersed in different cultures it's like what are you doing this for like it feels so I don't even have the right words for it, but it just feels like it's making a commodity out of 
a group of people in an area. It is. And I think as I have traveled, I want to make sure that I am not falling into that because Mm -hmm. I think I will have lost the reason for why I was traveling in the first place, you know? That's why I like, I was just thinking about how Jamie like lived in a place. And first of all, like living in a place is different than visiting Mm -hmm. for for three days, (laughs) like even just two months in a place. You learn, you learn so much more about it. Mm -hmm. And, but then pairing that with reading just creates such a deeper experience. And you can learn more about the history of where you were or whatever. Yeah, having <laughs> so I'm gonna keep like, reading it. Yeah, but girl. yeah, that that it's sounds very really good. Slow. It's a slower That's read. Right, though. It's just a slower read. There, listen. There are books for all kinds of reading. Yeah, that sounds kind of nice. Like that mm-hmm. book, you kind of come back to when well, you're in the mood. You know, that book is going on a journey with you. You're not pushing through it, and you're like, cool. That was that moment when I read the book. The yeah. book is mm-hmm. happening And with maybe you. some of the things you're learning will stick with you longer since you're reading it slower. Sure. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe. Or maybe. Or maybe I don't know. Or I maybe we have no way of testing this. We'll but see. It sounds good. Why not? You read it slowly over time. I'll read in like a <laughs> in weekend. A day, and then and we'll test yeah. each other. Yeah. <laughs> I've got my last one that I picked oh, yeah. is also a slower reader, which I haven't oh, read yeah. in a long time. So it's an <laughs> uber slow reader, but I'm working my way through it. It's The Body Keeps the Score, which has been recommended again, over and over again by so many people. And I love the idea of it. And it's so interesting. It's about this idea that like your body holds trauma within it. Mm -hmm. And whether or not you remember, perceive the trauma, your body is like it affected your body in some way. And this idea of like mental physiological Mm -hmm. link is super interesting to me. And like I've had chronic pain for years and have just been curious and like this is this like something that's not just like a body problem Mm -hmm. um and have been interested in this idea that like maybe there's a deeper not that i think that there was something super traumatic that happened but like i don't know my body's like holding on to things maybe that i don't realize (laughs) i've gotten more into like energy work and stuff woo woo other Mm -hmm. woo woo stuff but yeah this is one that i I'm going to come back to it's super interesting but it's like w- the concept I am really into mm-hmm. the book itself is way more researchy and sciencey okay. than I thought it was going to be which is fine mm-hmm. and fascinating it's just not the book I really want to yeah. read after a long day of work she thick. <laughs> it's yes. a big book yeah. What I really want is someone to give me the cliff notes. I mean, you talking about, I'm like, tell me more. Did I talk about other generations? Yeah. But but I'm working. I'm working through it. I'll finish it maybe in a couple years. (laughs) I know there's an app out there that gives synopses of books in like, what, like 15 minutes or something. That could be a great option for that. Yeah. It's, I mean, the studies that they've done are really interesting. I get why they need to take that route because I feel like this line of thought as an outsider to this industry is kind of revolutionary or, you know, um, contemporary. Mm -hmm. And so I get them being like, we need to show our evidence here and really make the case for this. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I've thought about this topic and I, I think they mention in the book the idea of trauma passing through in generations generations yes generational and it makes me Mm -hmm. think about the whole nature versus nurture 
because I could definitely see example. I know that's anecdotal, but I could see examples of some of that trauma being passed down in generations in my family. But I don't know if those were behaviors or if it was, you know, like genetic, physiological. Yeah, yeah I don't know. But hmm. I was listening to an audiobook recently about a hoarding family, mm. and um, <laughs> it was a lot about generational um, trauma. And I was thinking about, what was it called? The house we grew up in. I was thinking about while I was listening to it, like the generational trauma that we're born into that we're not aware of and may never be aware of and unconsciously may pass on to our children. Mm. It's <laughs> it's a deep topic that we won't get into today. I know. But, I'm like, yeah. all right. But yeah, like that idea of like, it doesn't feel comfy but like maybe confronting that generational trauma that we did not want to have Mm -hmm. but confronting it in some ways that we don't further pass it down the line oof that's bad yeah something i need to look more into for sure i do too I, i saw some tiktok compilation of unpopular opinions and there was one woman i forgot what the tagline is but it's like Things that people do that you think they shouldn't or something like that. And the thing was having children. And Mm. the reason for not having children was exactly that. Like, we are all bringing on this trauma and baggage, not figuring it out, not unpacking it, and and then passing passing it on. And and then we repeat the cycle. And so they're like, all people having kids, it's like, we are not taking care of our stuff. Like we yeah. need to figure this out before we, we continue to, to do this. Right. Yeah. I keep, I keep waiting for like the more, there are some stories in it, but I'm just like, where's the memoir? Mm. <laughs> I just love a memoir. <laughs> it's not a memoir. No, there are stories. There are like some anecdotes about different people who have lived through PTSD and different oh. things and how that's affected their physiological selves. Is there anything else? <laughs> anything else on our list? I had one more. Yeah. Just because I feel like we haven't been mean enough. <laughs> we haven't been mean no, enough. No, we haven't been mean, and well, I think that's good, maybe but we'll, I'm just going to keep this Maybe short. we'll do an episode of books we finished and didn't like. Oh, <laughs> I have some of those. I definitely have a long list of those. I but feel like I'm really good at just dropping a book. So <laughs> <laughs> y'all might have to carry that no, one. But just one that I we didn't finish hate- because I didn't like mm-hmm. <laughs> is everything is awful and other observations by matt balisai so he i wasn't on instagram or facebook or anything for a very 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 long time it took like a five-year break mm-hmm. but in that five year it was like in the heyday of buzzfeed so i was on buzzfeed a lot Hello. and he's like a buzzfeed <laughs> comedian and like post videos I did not whine about it. They just have like (laughs) videos. So he just like would get really wine drunk and like watch an episode of something. It was like funny to watch. And my friends and I in grad school, or maybe it was undergrad, I can't remember. Wait, he would get drunk or you would get drunk? He would get drunk. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I might get drunk. And and watch a video. They were great. Oh, interesting. (laughs) But uh, we would watch them in grad school. And he was just really funny, and I really liked him. And he wrote a book, and I just and you did don't not like the book. Mm-hmm. It's just all about. I think he's like trying to be funny, but it's like kind of a memoir about how he's like fat and a ginger and grew up in Chicago. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> and gay. He's gay. That's a very important part. Of I it feel too. like there. But are I'm a- like, you're like trying to be funny, but I'm like, like 
this is just weird. I feel like it's just not funny at all, and I'm very disappointed. People right now, well, I mean, I feel like all the celebrity. There's like a huge list of celebrities that all wrote memoirs. That's fine. And now there's like the sub tier, like famous people writing memoirs. Buzzfeed of dude writing a memoir. And it's like like, we don't need a book from you. (laughs) Yeah, your content is on the YouTube. I don't know. His content was prime and that was when yeah he, like mm-hmm. one wine bottle that's, deep like that's it's what like you need everyone to. and their brother does not need to write a book <sighs> that anyway, seems to that be was the thing right now that i did not read and will not finish mm. well memoirs. don't get me started <laughs> i don't even think it's supposed I to be like a memoir memoirs. I think it's like oh just trying to be funny and like stories about his life and i'm like this is not funny at all mm. I don't care that you like cut your <laughs> foot at good riddance Lake Michigan. Well, like, anyway, he's he's living his best life yeah. on the video, Graham. I mean, that was like so long ago. I didn't even. Oh, okay, well time. maybe he's doing he was. something. He's on a book tour. Hopefully he's, he's happy and it. fine. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully other people loved the book. Anyway. Well, if we want to end on a positive note, the one last one I have, which I a hundred percent plan to get back to, is Glennon Doyle's Untamed. Oh. Yeah, that's a good one. <sighs> Oh my gosh, like, let me just explain why I haven't finished this, because I had bought it, I had heard her interviews on multiple podcasts, I was like, let's go, Glennon, I am ready for this journey, and I knew that it wasn't, like, your your typical linear chronological story, and I think when I first read it, it kind of threw me for a loop, but in retrospect, and after reading a book that by the time this airs, we will likely have already talked about, but like Jed's books, like I'm kind of feeling the format. It just took a bit to get into it, but the book is in three parts and I had some sort of like self-care night during the pandemic last year. I bought myself a floor pillow or something <laughs> like, and I had a candle going and I just mm-hmm. decided that I was going to dive into the book. And I think I, I got through part one and got sleepy and decided, you know, I'd finish it later. And then just didn't have that moment where I felt ready to jump back into it. And it's mainly because um, part one just is building the preface of what her caged and tamed life, like the imagery of it. And it tries to put you in her shoes of giving examples that just express the constraint that she felt in her life. And it ends, part one ends, I believe, with her meeting Abby, who is now her wife and are very much in love and living a very happy life. And I am really excited for the other two parts of the book, but I think I'm, and maybe not ready, but it feels like a really special moment to go on that journey and then to have that untaming yourself it feels like one of those books where once I read it I can't put that genie back in the bottle okay and I don't know if I'm ready Ready. for it yet and so interesting I think I'm holding on to it waiting for that moment that's when I wish I had read slower Mm. I think I can it was her stories were just so captivating to me that I read it so fast but then didn't hold on to a lot of the content. And I think there's so much there and I wish I'd read it slower to really yeah. let it sink in. Do you think you'd read it again? Does it feel like a Maybe. book? Yeah. Maybe I'd consume it as an audiobook. Ooh. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, wow. it was. It was really good. I'm here for the audiobooks. Like, yeah. her, you have to pick the right book. But, podcast, 
should have come a year ago. It mm. has been, yeah, I think she's have. dropped like three or four episodes now. Mm. It has been like everything I've needed. <laughs> she's <great>. incredible. <laughs> yeah. She just has a way of saying the things that I don't have the courage to say or the mm-hmm. courage to like think even think about. And she's just like, life is fucking hard. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> and I appreciate it for like many reasons, but two that come to mind too are one is she embraces her imperfection of mm-hmm. like, this is just me. And I'm, you know, I'm figuring out things as I go but I'm not gonna be sorry for who I am but also she's very real about the fact that she has not figured it out yeah like she's struggling with the rest of us about different things which I find so nice yeah like she was talking about I think like social anxiety or something on Mm -hmm. a recent podcast and I was like can we just like talk about this more (laughs) openly like this is real (laughs) agreed (laughs) I feel like we started to talk about it in the pandemic and it was like finally putting a name to what I've been feeling. Mm-hmm. I figured it was just like me being shy or me being introverted. Uh-huh. And it's like, actually, it's like this other thing that a lot of other actually, people are experiencing. Yeah. yeah. But I, the one other thing I really love to, this is being said through her wife, Abby, is Abby has talked about Glennon is really just like coming into her own and she loves to watch and be a part of being in the life of someone who is coming into their own and is just unapologetically them. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That's a goal. Like to reach yeah. that point where you are just living and, you know. Yeah. It's great. I just love how they own who they are as people and that they don't understand each other some of the time and that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they are so different and they're not. I mean, maybe maybe Abby wishes Glennon was, like, more organized and, like, loaded the dishwasher right yeah. and stuff. But she also loves Glennon for just being the, like, kind of all over yes. the place kind of person that she is. And that's that's really cool to see that they're, they really appreciate the differences in each other. Yeah. Oh, I love that. We could have I a whole just, episode I on know, that. I know. I could <laughs> go on and on about the two of them. I just love them. But that book, even if, like, maybe you don't want to buy a book, but, like, check out her interviews on Renee Brown's podcast. I think they had a really lovely interview. I mean, they're friends. They had like matching jammies. It was great. The Call Your Girlfriend interview might have been my entry into even knowing who Glennon was in the first Mm -hmm. place, like really taking it to heart. But I feel like interviews with authors is a nice way to test the water to see if you will like their content. And also with more of a memoir. I love memoirs. It's my favorite genre, I'd say. Mm -hmm. But that's like a really good way to like figure out the tone of a person before you read their book. Which is so important. (laughs) We've learned this very important Mm, class. Yeah. And then when you read it, it's nice to like have their voice in your head. Which is different than like a fiction book where you don't want to watch the movie first because you don't want that image in your head. (laughs) So true. It's interesting that none of us brought fiction books today, but there was one I had on my list, but I it's I don't know. There was one that I did finish that I really didn't like, but I was like, maybe I'll just pretend I didn't finish because I hated this book so much. (laughs) But yeah, we can we can do. I've got got some fiction books that I did finish that I didn't like. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know 
why like, fiction books I'm more likely to finish if I don't like them. Or maybe because they're quicker reads or I don't know. It's Even kind of if I'm brain dead. And I, again, read before bed. So, like, if I mm. hate it, I don't really care. It's kind of a and way to Yeah, even if I'm anyway. like, this storyline is super dumb. I'm like, but I still want to know how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> I am definitely the outlier here. I drop a book so quickly. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not feeling it. Bye. Like, and sometimes I just plum forget. Like. I will forget That's I'm fair. reading a book, yeah. you know? But. I think when I was in the thick of the bus books, I was like a book at a mm. time. I was super rigid about it, and I was like, I was just so sick of me always picking up books and never finishing them, and I was like, one book at a time, and you have to finish it. Mm-hmm. So I got, like, really oh, into wow. that. Okay. Which is kind of nice, especially if you need motive. If you're wanting to read more and you need to give yourself a rule, that's a great I need a rule. rule. You know? I have since, like, totally let the rule go mm-hmm. and that's, <laughs> that's also very good. healthy yeah. also <laughs> you're both fine yeah no i've got 20 books by my bed that are unread <laughs> started but unread <laughs> well i think that's yeah. time for this mm-hmm. week and these books may hit other people different ways this is just us yeah, yeah. yeah if but you don't agree with us that's totally fine oh, and yeah. by no means a reason to not pick it up oh yeah yeah these are totally a proponent of like you need to figure it out on your own yeah <laughs> you're not gonna know if it hits you or not unless you pick it up and see for yourself mm. so true cue the music, <laughs> cue cue the the music. music. <laughs> yeah Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. If you have anything that's inspiring you or bringing you joy that you want to share, please send us an email at wrdpod at gmail.com. Maybe we'll feature you on the pod. And follow us on Instagram at wrdpod as well. If you're looking for more information, you can find all our show notes and more at our website, whatchareadingdude.com. Music for this podcast was created by Kalindo. You can follow him on Instagram at The Real Kalindo. Stay inspired, and we'll see you next week.